welcome back everyone to the Thornfowls podcast. Forgot the name there for a second. Um, when last we met, the agents of Thorn Investigations had tackled with the dragon of the Mahala collection, aided in part by uh, Redmond, uh, somebody who is connected to Nancy Alcott, one of Evangeline's old colleagues, now rival. And you had, they had just successfully vanquished the beast. The McCullough collection has taken quite a fair bit of damage, uh, but at the moment it doesn't seem like anyone apart from perhaps the night watchman who was uh, who had been transformed into the dragon is is dead, but we don't know even know that yet. Uh, where we end, Evangeline, you are on the floor just below where everyone else is, and everyone else you are sort of tending to your wounds up on the top floor of the museum. Um, it's you know that there was damage and Vera did ha at one point fall partially into the uh, sort of large vacuum in the center of the museum because of uh, dodgy stonework because of the balcony being ripped away. But uh, where you are at the moment doesn't look like that's caused any more structural damage to the building itself. So you don't have to like rush to get out. Um, what do you do? Well, we're going to need some sort of cover story. We've been seen by the curator. Yeah, we're kind of wander up as as Fira is saying that and look, look towards Redmond and hand him one of his shells, which was from her, she'd sit on the path. Which cover story would be most agreeable to yourself? He slings the shotgun off his shoulder. He says, "Old building like this bound to come down at some point." What do you think? Like a classic. It's an explosion. Explosion, people would ask him any questions about why explodes, whether in the middle of a city, but we can find some official report saying that it wasn't being looked after properly. Isn't there a fire currently going on in the other room? Everywhere? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it looks over. <laughs> Probably put that out. Yes, let me grab the fire extinguisher. Hang on. No, it's the, there is no fire extinguisher. <laughs> it's been destroyed. <laughs> oh, God. Tabitha, Peter, are you all right? I'm okay. Um, Peter, for the record, looks less injured than he did when you arrived. Peter has been gaining health anytime he hurts anything. Does Peter ever look terribly healthy? <laughs> no, he always did. He hasn't looked <laughs> yeah. healthy recently okay. since we got here. Oh, he's looking. All, oh, he's looking all right. I'm fine. Um, um, last we left off as well, um, Peter had healed Tabitha, but this the Peter healing Tabitha in his more demonic form had brought forth a memory to Tabitha um, of a traumatic experience in her past, possibly the last time she heard her parents. Does Peter look, is Peter kind of regaining his human form, or is he still very much? No, very, as the voice changes, you very quickly looks himself but he's got a very wary eye towards you after whatever you just did to him when he tried to heal when he did heal you but he looks very much himself it all comes back in very very quickly particularly with redmond there uh when you once you do look more like yourself i'm really sorry about that. um don't be sorry um it's scary, I get it. It's not it's not you, Peter. I mean you 
aren't scary. Um, you you tell yourself that. I'm sure I'm very scary. Evangeline's scarier. It's worse when she knows. Redmond is currently putting the fire out. And uh, at this point, you sort of start to hear the curator starts to stir behind you all. So he's he's been unconscious this entire time. <laughs> he starts to wake up. I'm going to go and get on the ground in front of him. What was happening? I I was and exercise mental dominion immediately, <laughs> <laughs> knowing cool. Redmond's over there. Yeah, he's off doing something else. Um, and that's plus charm. Uh, five complete failure. <laughs> um, he looks at you and says, "Hang on, you're the thief from earlier on, aren't you?" What? He looks over, he sees the balcony, he's like, what have you done to my museum? That was... Wait a second. And he starts to pull himself up. He's trying. He's going to get up and try to he's, run. He's, his shoelaces are undone. He doesn't have any shoelaces yet. As he, as he gets to Evangeline's kind of stood there just very calmly and she says to him, my dear, when the, when the structural integrity of your building failed, you were struck by, by it. You, you must be in terrible pain. Can I ever manipulate someone roll for you, please, Evangeline? Plus charm. That's an eight. So they'll do, they'll do whatever you want. So it's believed that this building has fallen down. That was an accident. But only if you do something from right now to show that what you're saying is the truth. And she will take up her scarf very begrudgingly, seeing his, his need for... Um, Thing. And I think it's probably got like a little bit of blood, and she kind of hides the moment, and she just like caresses the top of his um his head, and she pull he pulls it back, and showing him the blood stains if it was his own, and she's just like, oh my dear, he really must have sustained damage, and she just runs her hand through his hair gently. Goes, oh, I think you'll um, be okay though. Oh, uh, thank you. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll be fine, but. Uh... He looks over towards Peter and he's like, I, I apologize. I must have, um, I must be delirious. Uh, I, I must have been injured when this happened. I'm, I'm shocked. I, I apologize to you all for any harm that's become uh, of you. And he looks down and he says, where have my laces gone? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, no, I, I'm, I'm, um, I'm going to try and find, uh, find uh, my, my staff and, Figure out what's uh, what to, what to be what can be done. You should probably all uh, leave, and I'll I'll call the police. Go to him as he points over there. Go 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 to that that gentleman. Will solve all your problems. He's up oh, uh, that that man over there. He sort of uh, wanders over to Redmond. Redmond's just been the fire out. Here. Putting the fire out. <laughs> you can see that Redmond is sort of uh, looks over towards him. He's up, waves him over, and he starts talking to him in a very official looking way. You can see Redmond probably has dealt with this sort of person before and sort of has him in hand a hand goes on his shoulder the other hand sort of shakes his hand Aeroboard looks like he's being controlled here um you know it's not in the same way that peter controls people but in the way sort of people control each other um so where you are at the moment you know that last time you saw the whatever was left of the dragon you were fighting collapsed into the center of the museum 
the uh, stairs are very unsteady, but you could safely make your way down. You're not doing it in a rush just now. Um, what are you all doing? Are you um, where are you going to go? And we we still do have a plus one if we want to jump out of a window. I just want to leave that there. <laughs> that might take us a slick sass. It has been a while, but uh, I think we should decide if um, this creature is still a creature. Yes. And she will start heading yes. down towards where she let the dragon drop to. Mm. So you make your way down, and as you get down to the bottom, you see that what was left of the dragon has it looked like it might have in the way that it works just now that it might have been some sort of strange fleshy cocoon that has you sort of built up around uh benjamin gray's uh body so like built up from and so you saw his uniform being torn away from him um so like built up and as now it sort of has shrunk back down in size it comes back down to his his form and there is still harm to him. He is sort of curled up at sort of fetal position on the floor where the sort of the ground's all cracked around him. Um he doesn't have any uniform on, like he's he's feeling it because he's you know just had his whole body transformed into a dragon body. Um over my eyes. No there's no incredible hulk where it's just like his shorts have stayed on. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just sort of this um you can see he's he's is breathing. But it is very, very shallow breathing he's doing. Tabitha, can you do anything for me? Uh, can... Tabitha, can you do anything for well, for him? I'm not sure. Can anyone else? I, I I will. I will. You you look like you have been through an ordeal tonight, um, Tabitha. I do not wish more to be inflicted upon you. And she will go down. And she will use magic to heal. Maybe. You don't need to protect me. Yes, I will willfully always do that for you, my dear. Um, as she wrote uh, thirteen on use magic to give him some give him some healing. You heal him and he um his breathing softens and becomes less shallow and sort of broken and you turn up towards where you all are and sort of uh, I don't I don't does he see us? Because Peter's mental dominion means he was what told him that he couldn't see us anymore. Oh yeah, we don't exist. He, he looks up towards us. where you are and he says, "I uh, oh, hey," and he sort of starts to pull himself up and uh, realizes that he is in sort of ah oh, oh oh, and he's uh, close and he sort of uh, gingerly makes his way towards where you assume staff room is on this floor, and he runs off. Um, you are all standing in the center of this museum. I'm going to do a little uh, flash at this point because Vera, when you used your luck earlier on, you part of the expert's luck, uh, how it works in the game is that you have, uh, you sort of figure out that something is, something is happening right now is connected to something that happened in the past. Um, yeah, and it's it's a loose connection. I'm not going to say this is a direct line for you, but I'm going to say that there is a connection here where you the the first time you encountered something which was uh, sort of deeply magical, and um, it was during the war. Uh, do you remember what that was?
Um, I remember there being a a particular uh, facility that we were monitoring. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there was a facility that you had been monitoring, um, and there was, yeah, I mean there were there were elements that were of of that process that obviously you have a bit more knowledge of these days. Um, I'm going to say that. The oh, it's difficult in my head. In my head, it made sense a second ago, but now I'm trying to figure it out again. Work my way back to it. Um, you had been watching a facility that where there was lots of magic being performed or attempted to be performed, and it was to do with um sort of control. Is that what? That's essentially what you got from reports. Is that it was all to do with. Uh, using control through uh, methods of um, essentially transforming people into uh, creatures that could be controlled in some way. Um, and you know that that was uh, through blood, and you know that or some sort of liquid that was, you know, could have potentially been some sort of strange magical blood. That's what you uh, picked up on. Um I'm not going to say that okay. it's directly connected to the, the dragon necessarily, but you are connecting now that when you spoke to a shapeshifter recently, it told you that blood was the key that opened the door. Blood was also used in this magic. So what you're connecting is that, is it in fact the same blood used in both? Okay. So that, yeah, so that new magic helped release this dragon. Gotcha. Okay. Nice. Maybe not. Maybe not the best use of that. I'm sure it'll come up again, and it'll be. I'll do it better next time. But there's, 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 there's some sort of connection there that I'm. Yeah. I'm, I'm the connection together. from the past to here. It could be the same, same process or similar process. There is one thing Vangeline wants to do before she goes, and unless anyone else wants to do anything. I think it's been in her mind, and I think everything she's seen here and has been thinking about since the hotel. Um, and you find she goes and she's, she's just takes a moment away from the group, and you can see she's very deep in her thoughts. Um, and as she does, she kind of instantly puts her hand to her amulet, and she's going to use magic. Um, and what she wants to do is in the location she's picked, looking up towards where the crown would have been from this floor, she's going to try and observe another place in time. Uh, sorry, place all time and pick time. And she wants to go back to the moment she saw in that picture when it came alive the last time and she was in there. And she wants to be in that space and in that time for a moment while she's in this place and she has the opportunity to do so okay so you observe another place and time so you can see yourself 11 on news magic brilliant so you see yourself in the room with the treasure the crown is high on its shelf and even in this magical space you can sort of see a slight glimmer 
in in my periphery can i see the creature looking up at it from the look from this location as it was in the image that we saw before uh i would say you yeah you're using the picture you're using this thinking um yeah you can see him looking up at the crown and he stares at it and he stares at it his face in a sort of wry smile i'm going to turn my face towards him and wait and then he looks towards you and i smile back you've got some magic about you and you're wanting something why were you here i'm already getting what i want and yet you don't look like you're satisfied I'm never satisfied. And the magic is cut away at that point. Yeah, and you see, we see Zavendian kind of looking up. You take a moment here before uh, Redmond starts to sort of get to work. He is a government official in some capacity that you know. And as Redmond uh starts to work with the military services that come in you see that he's starting to start to spin this story of uh dangerous structural integrity and uh, poorly looked after uh stonework um you find a moment and take your leave of the mccullough collection stepping away from the tall imposing building and out into the city of glasgow and with that we'll call on into that mystery um so the end of this mystery we have to do some questions to see if we figured anything out um so if anyone leveled up so we will have and i obviously don't have any of the questions in front of me so i'm gonna hope somebody else has them in front of them because i don't have them here i had them the second we started but then i've been flicking through the pages and i've lost them was understandable I don't remember them page numbers. End of session. Got it. End of session experience. So, did they conclude the current mystery? Yes. Yes. Yes, you did, I believe. Yes. Ding, ding. Um, <clears throat> did you save someone from certain death or worse? Yes. Well, yes. Uh, yeah, did. the curator. <laughs> then, uh, each other. Does I mean, each that's... other count? Uh, Some, somebody was saved from certain death. Saved, I saved you saved Redmond from certain death. You saved Redmond. Yeah, you there saved we Redmond. go. Okay. I saved okay. Vera. And 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 Caitlin and Caitlin and the and Caitlin, yeah. Over the course of the mystery, did we learn something new and important about the world? Demon, demon Yeah, in this in this current. We've yeah, already but... got the bone, the boon yeah. from the other time we counted. It's a session. Yeah, so I would say so maybe you one... couldn't count, you couldn't count also the demon from this one. Tabitha learned something. Mm-hmm. I feel like I learned something about Peter. Yeah, do we learn something new about about the hunters? So, I would say, could that be our first four? God, or three or four? Maybe I don't a, think a, we a soft all get four. It, a, it's a personal question, isn't it? Oh yes, of course it would be. So, uh, yeah, well, mm. I've completely I, messed I, up. I, we also learned about the, the, <laughs> what, what the, the demon isn't specifically hunting something, and yeah. we're just in its way. We all learned that. That's I, well, yeah, I learned that when we had a conversation. Yeah. Then, so. so you so know, that I think it's two experience. I think. Yeah, we'll I think two. Experience. I think two. Everyone gets two for that. Then. Ooh, that means I'm going to level up. 
Yes. Brilliant. Okay, so anyone got an idea of what they're doing for leveling up Um, this time? uh, Yes, I do. Um, Okay. Open to open to a no. (laughs) Open to a no. That you love to hear it. Um, controversial. No, it's not controversial. Uh, I was going to take from a different playbook, and I was thinking. Um, I take from the wronged playbook and one of their moves is called I know my prey and it says you get plus one ongoing when knowingly investigating pursuing or fighting the breed of monster that caused your loss so I mean that's pretty that's pretty brilliant yeah so I would say yeah I'm not gonna I mean open to a no but that's a strong that's a strong yes I love that thank you Mm. cool cool um brilliant I'm gonna Um, say plus one cool awesome yep very cool. Cool. Charisma. cool. 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 You can say cool. Uh, and Evangeline, you said you leveled up as well. I did. I am going to take, um, I think something that's, she's alluded to a lot more um, as a character, but I think it's becoming more of a story, um, more prevalent. So I'm going to take Arcane Reputation. What does that Wait. do? So it means... Um, the three big organizations within the supernatural community um, uh, or social groups of monsters have heard of me and respect my power. Um, okay. And I get plus one if I'm trying to manipulate them. And I can treat any monster that is under that reputation as a human if I try and manipulate them. To awesome. Very cool. Very, very cool thing for them actually to have. We'll, uh, um, we'll, we'll, we'll probably have a little conflag about who they are and what they are and all of that. Yeah, yeah. I've got some ideas. I've got, I've, got, I've got an idea of it at the moment. Brilliant. Yeah. So um, with that, we are going to not immediately jump into our first next mystery, but we're going to do a little bit of an intermission. Um, so a little while has passed after the events at the McCullough Collection, possibly just a couple of days at this point. We're going to start back up with Evangeline. What would Evangeline have done over the next couple of days after the McCullough Collection? first thing she would have done, probably with a... Um... Stealthy accident has confirmed that Angus is indeed not dead and has done what he's supposed to have done. Which was uh, bring um, files, I assume, from somewhere to somewhere. Yes, yes. But, but as, as for us, they're now no longer necessary because the mystery has exploded itself. And um, and yeah, she would have kind of gone back to help, to gone back to the office and just kind of taken her moment, gone through her stuff, collect the files, um sent out a memo to make sure that everyone else sent her, her their reports, taken her little alchemical bowl that she took as a trinket <laughs> from this, positioned it on her desk next to her, like, fountain pen. Um, it's a little, it was really a little pestle. Um, as she is so, as everyone calls it, weak-minded, she couldn't help but take it. And... Um, she 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 muses over the thoughts of that um, of of people's they they think of her and she smiles, thinking of the of the memory of their adventures together, and she starts to kind of pen down a few things on her desk. And you are working for a while 
at your desk. And um, eventually Angus comes in to the uh, archives. He's just brought you a cup of tea. And he says, um, oh, I don't know if you... Um, there's uh, somebody down in the uh, the foyer looking for you. They were they were asking um, if anybody knew of you um, or uh, knew what she said something about sheltered living where you might be living. Um, but I don't know. If... And do you remember to take her name? Oh uh, yes, uh, name was Alcott. I said I didn't think you lived in um, in a in an old folks home but uh she said she was quite adamant she would be she is slightly adult um i will i will go and find her um you find nancy down in the foyer of the building sort of standing by the door looking out towards the busy street outside again she's in a uh, very sort of fashionable matching um green suit and hat at the moment so I've uh, got a little bit of a um sort of uh, veil to come down the sort of the side of her face from the hat very very fashionable um and she notices as you come down the stairs turns and sort of gives a just a slight smile Nancy I do wish we were better strangers what does bring you to Thorn Investigations Announced. Well, I just wanted. To, I I was wondering if you might want your picture back. William Ramsey, the thief that you sent me to the Glasgow Necropolis to find. Glasgow Necropolis. If you don't, oh, if you and she's sort of holding hold the picture up and she sort of starts to scrunch it in her hand. If you don't need it, I can. Oh, I, I will I will always take something to put in an archive file. Do you say he was in an Acropolis? No, no. But I think you know full well that he wasn't there, Evangeline. You didn't come back to me with anything that you'd found, my dear. I had no idea of where you would be. Hmm. Redmond gave me enough information. I didn't think I needed to come talk to you. What wonderful company you keep. Wherever did you find him? Where's your archive? I'd love to see where you work. She'll just she'll roll her eyes and she'll just be like, "My dear, you were here for something else. It will not be found within my archives." I wish to give you a little bit of information. We should perhaps take ourselves. I don't know. There's there's a, there's a a gorgeous millinery shop about two corners down. The information I wish to share with you, Evangeline, is not something I wish to share in a shop. Let me. And I'll lead her up towards one of the kind of rooms that we kind of just keep for, well, probably the room that we uh, mm. massacred Stephen Donnelly's mind in. Um, probably. I presume he's not, he's not there. He won't no. be there anymore. Um, but um, we'll take her into that kind of large room, close the doors. Make a make a show of just magically sealing it and barring it from ears and eyes from all over the place as I do. Just a, like a like a, a vein of light just sealing the doorway behind it. I gather that when Redmond came to help you all, you gleamed something from him. 
It's very hard not to. I'm not one to pry too heavily, but yes, he was dripping a little bit of magic. He would. We all do. Look her up and down. <laughs> dripping. Not a particularly nice verb. Vaginally come from anyone's mouth, but particularly from yours. Um, I wanted to let you and your friends know that the forces that you are dealing with are perhaps beyond some of you. There are fights being fought here, Evangeline, that have been fought for far longer than you could possibly imagine. I mean to say because I gather that you know that I work for Woden. Indeed. Woden is a powerful secret. But it is not something which people necessarily choose to be part of. Then how do you find yourself enwrapped within its realms? The same way we all do. I was very sorry when your husband died, Evangeline. I was. As were everyone in our unit. And um, she opens up her coat and she pulls from inside her jacket a dagger. But... Things change, and I got a new perspective. And she pushes the dagger into her own chest and then pulls it free. And for the entire time is staring dead at you. Evangeline will look at her. As she does this, um, when she stabs herself, is there is there blood or is this is this is her showing? I, I this this feels like to Evangeline like like it always has been. A she's she's trying to show her that she's out of her depth, and Evangeline fully well knows the depths that she swims within. A bit of both. And is she doing? Is yes. So is she bleeding? Or is this just showing showing me the naivety, or should I wish to blast her head off right now? Yeah, there is blood on her dagger. As she pulls it, then she pulls a handkerchief from her pocket and wipes the dagger clean, puts it back into her coat. But there isn't more blood, like, isn't, like, an exceeding amount coming from the shirt where she stabbed herself. And that that was a beautifully possible outfit, my dear, and you've just ruined it. I'll buy another. I have seen many creatures and many things and many deals that have been struck in through the worlds of magic. Are you saying this is the price that you carry or the boon that you carry from Woden or from something else? When you are recruited, it is unrequirement, but one that you take before you join. You see, you lost a lot in the war of Angeline. You did. 
And when you walked away from my unit, I was sorry for you for a while, understanding the betrayal you must have felt. But then as we all started perishing, I stopped caring about your reasons for leaving and started caring more about the fact you just chose not to stay and how any one of us could have been saved if you had been there. How I could have been saved if you had been there. So I don't care about what you've lost now because I've lost so much more and anybody who works for Walden will tell you we have nothing left to lose. I am truly sorry that your life is like that now. My leaving was for my very own. And to think that if I had stayed, you would have, people would not have perished and lives would not have changed. That would not be the case. You can connect them as a coincidence to me not being there or you not being capable to do the things that I do and the things that others could do. But I left for my own reasons. And if I had stayed, you probably would have perished under the boots of creatures far far less powerful than the creatures you'd currently line with. Uh, there's this moment where she's very much about light, but there is this dimming of light around her, and she's still kind of got this like ethereal kind of glow about her, but the 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 outer parts of the room are getting darker because of how bright she is, if that makes sense. That whole analogy, the brightest lights can cast the darkest shadows, as so she's standing, standing there. And probably for the first time, um, in a very long time, there is there is definitely a, a heavy emotion to the way she's speaking towards her. And she sort of steps closer to you and says, I think you'll find that I'm very capable now, Evangeline. Don't underestimate us. Light is starting to shine on the hidden things in the world. And you and your people have not been hiding for as long as we have. Redmond thinks that you are all capable, but I will take a bit more convincing. And she steps back from you. And another word walks out the room. Is there anything else that Evangeline does? She will go up to her archive. And then she will just muster all of her strength and go, Angus, my dear, you have done such a wonderful job. Oh, thanks. Past, I have been so impressed with all your work. Take the afternoon, please. Are you, are you serious? I've never taken an afternoon I don't, I'm, okay. on a break. Um, you, deserve, you deserve it. Oh, all right. Um, okay, thank you very much. I'll uh, go see the family. Thank you. Um, and he leaves. <laughs> As he leaves, I'll close the door, lock the archive into there, and kind of walk down one of the stacks and will just very loudly in the towards the darkest of the shadows go. An audience. You are staring at the dark shadows in the corner of the room and you feel the space behind you change. As always, never the place in front of you. Um, and the stacks of shells behind you sort of morph into the trunks of trees and the shadows of an old dell in the middle of a forest. Following it down, you see again shapes shift between the between the trees, 
many, many, large, small, lots of feline eyes staring at you. She is walking. She is. She there's there there is there is a pace to her. You walk down into the dell. You find at the end of it a large throne constructed from trees and a cat lounging on the in the center of it. And it sort of stretches a big cat stretch. Oh hi, Evangeline. Your Majesty. Uh, how are you? I was just having a nap. How pleasant for you. I just was visited by someone. No. Who's that? She raises her eyebrows. Aye, okay, we know. Lots of eyes watching everywhere. Even when isn't the cat, there's probably a cat. Yes. It's those eyes I wish were paying a bit more attention. What do you want to know, Evangeline? The court doesn't have all day. Well, we do. This is not exactly a day-night cycle in here, but what do you want to know? These people. There are many groups of people that look to fight and look to hunt. Your friend, or your once friend, is just part of one of those groups. There are... The Wild Hunt has been riding for many, many years. Far longer than any of us have been here. And from the first, the one who rode in front of all those mighty chargers was Woden. So what I'm saying is, it's a pretty, it's got a lot of prestige behind it. It does. With a cost. And she smiles towards him. Aye, well, you'd know all about that, Evangeline, wouldn't you? I do now. All magic comes with a price, Evangeline. It does, and it seems it weighs very heavy on the people around me. Weighs heavy on all of us. Except if you're a cat, that is. Uh, thank you. No worries. I'll uh, look forward to our next talk. The lights are coming. The lights are coming. You will not be out of them. Aye, well, you'll find that cats tend to enjoy lying in the light. We enjoy a hot spot here and there. But thank you for letting us know. And drink. Every hero strikes out on their adventure for a different reason. To prove myself worthy of my mother's praise. To write my own story and discover who I really am. To prove to my family that I am more than they believe me to be. To avoid the god that has chosen me. But when the fragile balance of the world is in jeopardy, and sinister forces move in the darkness, heroes will be tested, pushed to their limits and beyond. And it will be left to them to determine if they are up to the task. There is a darkness rising. Will they be able to overcome the challenges and meet this evil head on? For my god. For my story. For my freedom. For the world. To restore the balance. Modified Role Season 2. The Chronicles of Eren. A D&D 5e actual play podcast. New season, new characters, new story. Find us on all the usual podcasting apps or at modifiedroll.com.
Hello everyone, it's Danny, your keeper, and Zeeper. Nope, doesn't mean anything, but I said it with confidence, so there you go. We hope you're all enjoying the podcast as much as we're enjoying making it. And if you are enjoying it, why don't you share the podcast with your friends, your family, your loved ones, your hated ones, anybody. We want to get out there, so we make sure that we're sharing this thing that we are loving making. While you're at it, why don't you give us a review and a rating on whatever you listen to podcasts on. Cannot tell you how much it means to us, the people who have left reviews so far. They've been great, and, you know, we just want to see what people are enjoying about the show so we can keep giving you more of that. I'll try not to waste any more of your time. Just to let you know that we are starting our next mystery next episode, and we'll also be including some things from the new Codex of Worlds book released by Evil Heart Productions for Monster of the Week. It's really exciting, and uh, can't wait to see how we completely fuck it up. But now, without any further ado, let's get back to the drama. Um, Vera and Hetty, you are out on the town. It is the evening. Um, is there anywhere where you two would regret to have a meal? Anywhere specific? Yes, probably. <clears throat> we'd probably um, get something to eat um, before a um, a band mm. uh, plays. Maybe a big band is in town, and a, a dinner and a show. Fantastic. Um, so you go to a, a restaurant where there is like a band is sort of setting up. Um, you're having a meal, and you know that you could. So there's a space further into this building where there's more of a bar, more of a cocktails, and people can dance and have a drink. Um, but where you are just now, it's just your, your pre-meal before that. Um, and Hetty's talking about her, the um, like the dental uh, like surgery she works at. Um, that, that she talks about the fact that there's, uh, you know, her brother's doing really well at a, in his in his work, and so his family are very proud of him. She's trying to think of ways that she can um, you know, she's very work driven, but she's you know a, she's a little envious of her brother as well. Sometimes he gets a lot of um, lot of attention from the parents, um, and she's talking about there's a there's a um, dental pra- like you know the, some of the best of dental practices in England are like the private ones where there's like one person working there or two people working there, um, and she could make more money if she did that, but she'd have to move out of Edinburgh because there aren't really any there's there'd be there'd be not enough patience for her in this area um, if she was to find somewhere to work. And she's, you know, a little bit stressed out about it and she's a little bit so just talking you through and she's, you get the very impression that she's just talking because she's just worried and she just keeps talking, talking, talking uh, to stop her thinking about it as much. Yeah, but we're fine. I, I I can sense that you're worried, but if if you are happy at the moment, of course there are things you're going to worry about. But but we I, things don't have to change if you don't want them to actually change. I know. I know. Fear. I know. I just. Mm, it's just. You know, I worry about you with your work, and I do. I would just like to be able to 
be in a position where you wouldn't necessarily need to do it if it was something which is you know, I know you don't tell me everything that goes on with your work but you just always seem so beaten up and 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 tired and injured especially the last little while and I just I just wish I could be doing more to stop you from getting hurt and I uh, feel a bit stuck here uh, I will I'll, I'll be quite honest I didn't know that this job was going to involve quite so much strenuous activity Uh, and if it were you going off, I'm not sure I would be all right with that. So, I, s I see your point. Is is there a a, a practice or an, an area that, that you're thinking of? Oh, uh, you know, just, um, the, you know, feelers are being put out, um, you know, uh, uh, Dr. Green, who runs the surgery I work at the moment, he's, you know, he's a very kind man. He has friends um, out and about the country who have uh, practices. But, but I'm, I'm not putting anything out cemently. I just wanted to let you know that I want to do more if I can. And, you know, I'm obviously focusing on my studies as well, so it wouldn't be something I'd be leaping into, but... Um, and as she's talking about this, a, um, a waiter comes up to your table and sort of and leans down towards uh, you both and sort of talks to you, dear, and says, um, sorry, uh, Miss Bright, uh, you have a telephone call at the bar? Uh, oh, uh, uh, thank you. And as I get up to um, uh, move over towards the bar, uh, I'll, I'll lean over to Hetty and say as I'm tucking my chair in, Maybe we should start thinking about the future. You know, it's not a bad idea to have a, a, a two, five, ten year plan. I'd like that. I'd like that. Hmm. Well, yeah, I'll be back in a moment. Um, and the the way sort of points towards where the bar is, the other sort of side of the restaurant, uh, but you, you sort of make your way around tables and you get over to where the bar is and um, you ask the bartender... Uh, the phone call and he says, um, "Sorry, uh, no fo no phone calls. Uh, no one's called." Uh, I immediately look around for the waiter. Who? Um, you cannot see the waiter anywhere in the restaurant. Can I see the table with Hetty at it? Um, you can see the table with Hetty at it at the moment. Yes, she is. Um, She's just still sitting there. She's looking over towards where the, the band is setting up. I'm just going to hold for a moment where I am and just sort of slowly sweep my eyes across this whole place and see if I see anybody or anything out of the ordinary. As you look around, you don't see anybody. It's a busy place. You don't see any faces that you know, necessarily, maybe you recognize a couple, but nothing stands out as odd. Then I will return to the table. Sorry about that. Um, 
It was only brief. It was just, uh... I just, um, so are we... Sorry, you said you were, we needed to go. Are we staying now? I thought you were... Sorry, I'm confused. Are we playing some sort of game? Because I said you had to go from call. You came back and said that we need to go. Uh, and then you are back and with... I mean, I'm fine staying. You know, I like this place. But I thought you, you seemed pretty urgent before. Sorry, I... I was a little mixed up. I thought something needed to be done straight away, but actually it can wait. And we can enjoy our evening here. As you sit down at the table again, um, you see that on your plate there's, there's a napkin that you left there before. Um, and there's a small indent underneath the napkin. And lifting it up, you see underneath there's a um, small sort of, it looks like a little uh, metal statue that um, like tourists and stuff to the city would would get from little shops. Um, and it's of a little dog. And you recognize it immediately as Grey Friars Bobby, which is a little dog from Edinburgh. I'll um, sort of discreetly slip it into a, my bag. And just pick up the conversation where we laughed off as though nothing absolutely nothing out of the ordinary has just happened. And you and Hetty have the rest of your evening. The band picks up at one point. You, you've probably finished your meal a bit early. Um, and you have the rest of your evening here. Do you let, um, is there anything specific you do for the rest of that night? Uh, but there is at absolutely no point do I let Hetty out of my sight or let me out of her sight. Wonderful. And. What does Vera do with the information, with the message, I guess, that she's been given? Um, I guess the next day, mm -hmm. if uh, that rolls around without yeah. further incident, um, I'm going to, again, sit down in front of the typewriter and just write up as detailed a um, report as I can on what mm -hmm. just happened. And taking that and the statue into the office and present them to um, our uh, uh, our leader, our glorious mm. leader, <laughs> and Annabelle. You pass that over to Annabelle, and again, Annabelle is shocked that this has happened um, and is interested in what the next step is, what the next step you would want to do. Now, I want to double check. Did Vera go ahead with putting the protections on her apartment with Hetty? Yes. She did. Yes. Um, and Annabelle had also offered to have them put on the, um, I guess it's the, the only other apartment mm -hmm. that people stay, um, Evangeline and Peter's yeah. place. Um, now, the protections would mean that uh, they would, the magic need to be bound to somebody. Would Vera have volunteered herself into that? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Just wanted to keep that in mind. Um, I'll we'll double check what Evangeline and Peter would have done with that. If either one of them would have bound themselves to the, uh, Evangeline's apartment at some point, but if they wouldn't, that's fine. Um, this is something which is being come up with now. Um, and Annabelle. Annabelle. She. Um, well, 
it looks like whatever this thing is might want to talk unless it is in the habit of giving things anybody um small metal dogs i suspect it probably points me somewhere i um have not yet looked into where do you have any leads well, as to if it's where this is from probably, which i it is there's a statue in edinburgh of Greyfriars, but a bit bigger than this one. There's also Greyfriars Church. I see. Hmm. If you want to go meet this thing, I would suggest bringing protection. Yes, I'm... Or leave it. You don't owe this thing any explanations, Vera. I don't, and there's there is some more that I think we should speak about with regards to this, and at some point I think we ought to... Well, um, I think it's time we decided our direction forward with this as a group. It isn't just me who's in danger here, theoretically. Of course. It's not just me who's being threatened here. It is other people as well. It just approached me because it saw me as a weak link. And, uh, well, you'll have seen in the report about how it regarded people who can wield magic um, tainted, polluted by it. So... Presumably it came after me because I think, I think it's scared. I think it's afraid. It specifically mentioned the last time that uh, some of its compatriots, some of its fellow beings, wherever it's from, the last time the light shone on them, they were unable to get back into the darkness, which implies to me that they were destroyed or hunted or, or turned to the light in some way. I, I I honestly do think this thing is afraid. Well, if it is, if it wasn't before, at least, has a reason to be now. Secondly, something that something that has triggered a a memory recently. Um, there's a lot that I haven't told you about my my previous work for the Wrens. Mm. Um, I suspect that there's a lot you know anyway. Bits and pieces. One of the main things you will be aware of, the facility that made isn't quite the right word, but the facility where Peter is from. We were monitoring it quite heavily during the war. Um, there were many reports coming out of there as to the magical experiments that they were performing. And I have to say there were some uncannily resemblances and uncanny resemblances to 
the kind of magic that we just came across in Glasgow. Interesting. And you will have seen in, in our reports from that mission that there were there was some other figure on the fringes of what we were doing out there who I believe had some connection to Peter. And something that this this shape-shifting being when it last visited told me was to I believe it was follow the blood. And this was one of the key magical experiments going on in the facility in Germany. Whatever it is, something from there seems to be trying to open a door. So chaos and expose all of this to the wider world. Annabelle considers this. And you see that since you started mentioning what happened to Peter, the connections there, fall of the blood. And a figure, talking about the figure as well, that seems to be behind everything. She started to like tap a pencil on the table, sort of in the sort of way people do when they are minds on something else, they are preoccupied. And she says, if it's what I'm thinking, and if it is the creature I think it is, she looks at you dead in the eyes of your own and says, Then we are in a lot more trouble than I thought. So how's Peter been since all of the incidents with the demons and the bloods and uh, almost dying and all the, not almost dying, but like really getting into your demon self? Unhealthily exercising. <laughs> so he will have been, he'll have been going for long runs. He will not have um, met up with Albert at all yeah. since he's got back um, and will have stayed at the Institute every night. Yeah. So for the first few nights, at least, he'll have stayed at the Institute. But he'll be going for long runs in the morning, keeping to himself, walks during the day and runs in the evening and just mm -hmm. unhealthily exercising. Yeah. Um one of the times you are running this is the evening you're right taking taking an evening jaunt um along the coast near edinburgh um to where the river is you running along and there's quite a lot of people sort of on the on the sort of shore and on the sort of the green that leads down into the path which you are running along and 
so you are keeping pace you can feel your sort of heart in your chest as a sort of cold uh now sort of getting into uh sort of into october uh deeply into october now um sort of scottish air and you uh at one point as you're running a person sort of walks out in front of you and you sort of you have to sort of avoid bumping into them as they cross and uh they uh they sort of like hey 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 as you are running past you just continue running just continue just ignore yeah. and continue running yeah um and as they are ever so slightly out of earshot you hear them shout brave boy stop lots of people everywhere uh yeah i'd say there's probably about um on the path on the beach on the green probably about 12 15 people sort of in in varying groups of you know it's it's fairly busy but it's you know it's the evening so it's not super busy or just stop turn and look keeping a distance doesn't say a word just eyeballs the person trying to locate the person still standing on this path probably just a, a 10 or so feet away from where you're running i said earshot so probably a bit further than that mm. um still standing still he'll walk forward till he is about 10 yeah. foot says that again brave boy you're looking for a fight Brave boy. Does he look like anyone I recognize? Does he look like the you guy? You don't from recognize there? this person. This person is uh, sort of a youngish looking man with, uh, with sort of oh, bright no. red hair. Um, they don't, you don't recognize them. Uh, they just look like a normal person, but they are just staring at you. They have the slightly sunken features, not as bad as the person you saw in Glasgow, but similar. And then you hear brave boy from someone else nearby. And you realize that somebody on the beach is now looking at you as well. Again, you don't recognize this person. They are an older woman. And then somebody else says it. And then somebody else says it. Till the 12 or 15 people in the vicinity are all looking at you previously doing their own thing now they're all staring at you and in complete unison saying brave boy I'm looking for the people not saying it um, at a like mm -hmm. 50, 100 yeah. foot out I'm looking to see who might be watching this or controlling it and then not saying a word, but just looking to see if I can spot the unusual one. Sitting not too far away on a bench, you ran right past them. They are currently reading a newspaper. And it's dark, so the fact that they're sitting there reading a newspaper is odd. In a very fashionable sort of dark suit, is a strangely attractive man with dark, tousled hair and narrow features. 
Do I know? Do I know the person? You recognise him from Caitlin Kelly's picture. I'll walk over. Are they still all saying "brave boy"? They're not saying it now, but they are all following you. Um, I'll stop and sit next to at the edge of the. No, I'll sit on the bench. He looks over at you, and with a voice that you have heard in your head so many times, says, Glad we could finally meet. I've been waiting to meet you. You don't know who I am. No, just that you have the hallmark of his failures. The only failures here, Peter, are the ones committed by these pathetic humans that you associate yourself with. You draw their attention to us. Haven't there been enough exterminations in this world? The humans will hunt us down and exterminate us. Just like they did everyone else. Not if we exterminate them all first. I'm not going to let you do that. There's been enough blood. So much blood. That's why it has to happen, Peter. These people don't deserve this world. I have seen it, and I know it, and you know it. They don't deserve it. They have ruined it. What I want to do is bring us back, bring everything back to a time where humans had a reason to fear the dark. Am I talking to the thing inside of you, or am I talking to the man you were originally? Peter. And he puts a hand on yours. And as he does, you see centuries of pain, of torment of seeing hope be pulled away from this creature as he wants people to be better and every time being proven wrong. You see wars, you see torture, and finally you see his own blood being drawn from him and used. That's where you're wrong. I was never a man. And you find your head lolling on your shoulders. And then the figure's gone. It's probably about an hour or so later. 
and as are all the people around him. Um, he would sit very quietly on the bench. Um, is there definitely no one there watching? No one as else. As far as you're aware now. Um... And he would, I don't know what he would do. I think he would probably, he's going, he'd run back to the, inst... he'll run back, but not in a, I'm scared and I'm running. He'd continue his run. And he'll he would direct his run back to the institute. Um or Albert. How late is it? It's it's very late at this point. You'd go for your evening run. You've sort of come to and it's about an hour or so later. He'd head to um the location where he'd expect to find Albert. Yeah, I mean you have Albert's apartment, you have Simeon's apartment. You, you probably reckon you probably see him at Simeon's at this point. He'd, he'd give it one shot where he thinks he'd see him now before heading off to Evangeline's to see if he's there. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think at Simeon's you would find out, but they're still having their, their, their poker night. So, knock on the door, Simeon's there. He's over, oh, um, Albert's uh, Peter. Uh, I'll I'll get Albert. Uh, Albert Peter's uh, Peter's here. He's wearing running stuff. Um, and <laughs> Albert is, sort of comes to the door hurriedly, sees your face, and says, uh, "It's okay, Timmy." And I'll double check and see if Peter's okay, and uh, comes out onto sort of the the landing of the staircase and uh, says, "Peter, what's wrong?" Um. How much, how much, if I needed to trust someone, who could I trust? Trust me, Peter. I'm not trust sure about that. Um, you said Tabitha was your friend in your, in your uh, conversations. I think I, I think. I think the creature, I think the people that help me be who I am, I think that creature's free and I think it wants to kill a lot of people. Okay. And I think it wants me to help it do that. And what do you want? Um, pardon? What do you want, Peter? Does he say that in a creepy way? No, he doesn't. No, I didn't mean to say that in a creepy way. <laughs> what do you want, Peter? I I kind of um I don't know who to trust. During well, the war when you trusted people with information, it 
got people killed, it got you put places, and it was never good. The truth was never a good thing to share. And this place, these people, you've got strange government agencies, you've got people walking around, you've got Vera holding secrets. It's just, I don't want the same. I don't want to be rounded up and put in a box somewhere. It's a hand on your shoulder, Peter. Well, if you're getting rounded up, so am I. Colin, why don't you have a drink with me? He'll kind of nod and yeah. Okay. Is there anything that Tabitha would have done leaving the, the the next few days after the collection? Knowing that you still have your picture in your pocket, you knowing you still have things to think about. Um, I think Tabitha kind of really withdraws herself from everyone. She did get quite hurt as well, so still mm-hmm. got th- three harm. Um, so she needs to rest and recover and obsessively think about um this uh drawing and the voice she heard and the man she saw in her dream for the first time um she probably makes one sneaky midnight trip to the archives to get some reading material because (laughs) is there anything you're you're looking up on anything you're looking up demons demons (laughs) can i have please an investigate mystery role then case Okay, uh, 10. 10. Okay, you get to ask two questions. Uh, no, there's the ones there, but if you wanted to style one out, you can. Oh, okay. Um, I... I would like to know, try and find out a reason why this demon killed my parents. So what was his motivation what was it doing mm, okay you this is wild there's quite a lot of um information that looks like it's been redacted or destroyed or taken out um some it's very very old you are able to put together however a fairly clear picture the creature that you've seen the demon there is an element of control that it can have over creatures that have been um the word in some of the old texts is tainted by its blood okay blood has been used on other creatures or it has been consumed by other creatures in some way the way that it said in the very old text of how this creature was able to create, or creatures of its like, is able to create servants, is what they're called. Servants um, would be through the use of a, essentially a small stone covered in runes and etchings. Uh, the way it would work would be the blood would be poured into the etchings and it would be filtered through the stone. And then once it was imbibed or used on a human, 
afterwards that person would be able to maintain some faculty but would also be connected deeply to the the demonic force and it has also said that if a demon were to use not a magical item like this and would instead force uh, blood on people or would or people would take it without some sort of magical um sort of middleman essentially then the creatures that are created from it would be broken husks of people that wouldn't be able to function far beyond just taking simple instructions you remember seeing this stone in your parents house your parents had it at one point in the war this creature found out must have found out and sent its servants to collect it um Okay, I don't know if this is stupid. No. And if it's just no stupid questions. Um, but Evangeline's uh smuggler was called Oscar. Yeah. And that's my dad's name as well. Did, yep. is my was my dad a smuggler? I've been thinking about this the whole time. I don't think he was a smuggler. You realize that you never really knew what your dad's job was. Thought he was a he, wife guy. He looked. He had. He, you know. He. You knew he was like a bookseller. That's what you knew him as. Was somebody you used to be able to who traveled around a little bit. I would always come back with old books and old boxes of books, and he would sell them on, and that's how he'd make fun money for family. You had a lot of stuff in your house that looked like old artifacts and things which were just there. I've jumped to a conclusion. Tabitha's jumped to conclusions, and this is Evangeline's fault now. <laughs> <laughs> Number one enemy, demon. Number two. There is a, you know, there is there is a chance that thinking about both of your questions, that um, Oscar saw some government agency taking something, was made perhaps given the job of transporting yeah. this thing Absolutely. back to the UK, and instead yeah. of deciding to give it to people who are supposed to give it to took it for himself to keep it sequestered away don't blame him okay well um I rearranged some books <laughs> so they're out of order fine eventually we'll just blame Angus that's fine <laughs> Everything I do to annoy Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. It's been like your magic. Every time you do something, it backfires or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, as you are heading back up from the conserv from the uh, conservatory, the archives, you make your way past the family apartment and you hear talking coming from your grandmother's room my biggest weakness people talking behind a closed door <laughs> i listen 
sounds like she's having a conversation. What? But you can't hear the other person. She's always talking to ghosts. <laughs> she's always talking to ghosts. Um, she says... Don't tell me where it is. If you tell me, I won't be able to keep it a secret. I know. I know you just want to protect us, but keeping it hidden is the best thing we can do now. I already lost you over it. I'm not going to lose Tabitha. Can I go in? Yeah. You see her sitting in the center of the room on her tall back chair, staring into space. It's eerily cold in this room. Grandmother. She sort of turns her head slightly. Yes, um, sorry, yes, Tabitha. And she sort of starts to pull herself up from her chair. Who are you talking to? Uh, talking to who, dear? I heard you speaking. Oh, you know, voices come in and out these days. I find it hard to keep track of them. Was it my mother? I have a manipulate some. I think uh, it's like I persuade, but it's not really manipulate someone. To see if she'll tell you what's going on. Well, to be fair, you rolled a six. Uh, no, I have a zero, so six, but that's fine. I'm not going to say that because I, I think I'm not going to say Tabitha completely gets it off. I'm not going to skew your suspicions of what was going on but she just says Tabitha it's late I need to get to bed um why don't we, why don't we talk about this in the morning fine good night stalk away And as you leave, you sort of go towards where your door is. You hear your grandmother say one more thing. And she says, I know. I know you told her not to open the door. It's okay. She's safe. I'm so sorry. And then she doesn't say anything else. I may go open my bedroom door and slam it. Slam the bedroom door. Like 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Tabitha, you eventually 
find yourself falling asleep. 